Dear Journal, Boy, my new time here in Bluffington is really great. I'm meeting all these new friends, and I'm having the time of my life. I can't help but think that I'm not going to fit in very well, but luckily I've met some really cool people. My best friend, Skeeter, has been helping me out a lot, and I can't wait to hear what what he has next on his plate. Well, I'll see you later, Journal. Dear Journal, Skeeter and I went down to the dam today. I wasn't sure of it at the time, but Skeeter seemed pretty sure that we should get rid of the dam. He said that the water just really needs to flow more freely. Hey, Doug, it, it's all about letting the water run free and natural. The dam's just getting in the way. Here, I brought some dynamite with us. I'll go over here, and you just wedge him in there and, and light him up. Well, okay, Skeet. I mean, we never used to do this in Bloatsburg, but Bluffington is all about new experiences, right? You're the man, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Skeet. All right, Journal, I've got to go. I'll talk to you soon. Dear Journal, I don't understand why everyone gets so angry at me. I mean, they don't seem to even understand that Skeeter was there at all. And uh, he's the one who egged me onto it in the first place. I tried to explain that Skeeter had this great master plan, and that soon the reckoning would be about, but just nobody is listening. You see, Doug, once we return the world to its natural state, anarchy will resume. And then, all the horrible people in the world will die horrible deaths, and animals will rule the planet, and we'll be their kings! It'll be great! And that's what I told them. But, for some reason, they just don't get it. But uh, Skeeter's never led me wrong before, and he got the shakes to stop. So I'm gonna continue doing what he tells me to do. Thanks, Skeeter. You're the best friend I've ever had. probably fine right <laughs> yeah i'm fine with that <laughs> it's really hard to do just like consistently talk like doug because he doesn't sound like anything there's no like character yeah, I trait mean, i could really sink myself into <laughs> skeeter at, like it's hard to get it exactly right but if you do it similar to it people will be like oh that's skeeter but doug it's just like how can i speak like a loaf of white bread I think you just have to start with Dear Journal and everyone kind of understands. Oh, okay, it's that Dear guy. Dear Journal. Dear Journal. Boy. Boy golly. <laughs> oh, gee. A modern day Charlie Brown. <laughs> Joey Cucamonga. <laughs> I'll get into that. Um, sure. But anyway, uh, welcome anyway. listeners. Uh, my name is Ben. And I'm Zane. And this is the Carton cast. We go back. Yes, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Carton cast. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the, wait, what was it? Training Day? What was that movie? With, uh, uh with Michael Winslow? Yeah. <laughs> police Academy? Police Academy, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Police yeah. Academy of Cartoons, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um we are the carton cast we go back and watch, watch shows that uh we wonder if we liked and this this week on the carton cast we are reviewing doug and 
you know, <laughs> I I'm like dreading. Starting I remember. This. I remember okay. very little about this show. I remember a lot of it, but I never really wove it into like a thematic whole. Like of all the shows we've done, this is the one I've definitely I haven't seen this at all in like ten years. But when I told people, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do Doug, they're like, I love Doug. And I'm like, have you seen it Yeah, recently? which is because they don't remember it. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> anybody who says they love Doug, that's like saying you, uh, I don't know, it's like saying you love cardboard. Like It's like you love Candyland. It's like, no, it's like, it's like saying you love cardboard or plaster. Like, it's consistent. And it doesn't <laughs> let you down. But there's, there's just not a lot to say about it. Like, I mean, there is a lot to say about Doug, but this is like the blandest show we've done so far. Which I, is really... I would say the same of Candyland, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you got the whole diabetic thing. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Zane, why don't you tell us about Doug? So, Doug was developed by Jim Jenkins, uh, who later went on to make uh, PB&J Otter. And, oh, my uh, God. Therefore responsible for the noodle dance. Uh, <laughs> Jenkins sure? actually. I thought that was a uh, Jimmy Neutron. No, no, that was the Neutron dance. It started a chain <laughs> reaction with uranium two thirty five. Oh no, I'm thinking the Loopy dance. Oh, okay, yeah. When they that's all, right. Yeah, when they all put that on the moron helmet. <laughs> when when will TV show characters realize like the moron helmet is not a good idea? Like ever. <laughs> I I can't think of another example where that happened. Uh, it's like the orb of confusion in SpongeBob. That was a great idea. It didn't. And work. Uh, I'm sure there I'm sure there were episodes of that somewhere else. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so Jenkins founded uh, Jumbo Studios in order to produce Doug, uh, mm. and later founded his own independent production company, Cartoon Pizza. Um, okay, I've, I've never heard of that. Neither had I. Uh, <laughs> but Jumbo Studios is the one with the. Uh, the egg. Yes. You know, the the show ends and then there's that egg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a little put it on the Ritz or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice, um, that's a nice uh, link to our podcast. They, they must have known we were coming and uh, planned accordingly. <laughs> that's pretty cool. The uh, Thanks, the guys. original Thanks, the original forms of the characters Doug and Porkchop were unnamed characters in TV commercials. Yeah, and then uh, then that. they appeared in a children's book. Doug got a new pair of shoes. Which you know, I guess he's just too charismatic and sexy to keep away <laughs> from <laughs> different forms of media. I'm, I'm telling you, everybody loves Doug. No, yeah, nothing screams sex appeal like charlie brown haircut and the same really bland sweater vest like it's slight paunch no athleticism yeah (laughs) and that honker oh that's Uh, probably what sold people was just the honker people like you know if if a guy has a big nose he probably has has a new pair of shoes yeah he's got a new pair of shoes uh, but Doug aired on Nickelodeon in uh, 1991 to 94. Yeah. And then Disney bought the show and aired Disney's Doug or Brand, Brand Spanking, Spanking New Doug, Doug. Yeah. Uh, from 96 to 99. Uh, but we're only going to be looking at the original run, 91 to 94. From what I've heard, uh, the Disney run was actually also pretty good. Um, really? Yeah. I, I didn't really watch any of it. I think I might have caught an episode or two. That was like, that was kind of the, uh, the, that was kind of the downslope, the Danamon, no, the the falling action for my, you know, watching actual cartoons on TV sort of phase. Oh, really? 
Huh. Yeah, that weren't because I don't remember it at all. I, I looked at it and it like the animation was cleaner, but um, no, I, I have no memory of it. Yeah, I only remember like one episode. I don't even remember an episode. I just remember seeing the title sequence one and being like, "Oh, this must be a continuation of what I remember." Yeah, uh, but for our purposes, we're pretty much just going to be talking about uh, the Nickelodeon version. One because right, it's older, and, and I think has more of a place in the hearts of you know kids from the past. Mm-hmm. Which is not the way I intended to say that sentence, but <laughs> yeah, it's kids cool. in the past. Kids mean, from the um, past. I mean, everyone's a kid in the past. Not everyone. Kids presently or in the future. Yeah, some people are dead, man. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. You're welcome. <laughs> some people never got a chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. But uh, D- Doug was one of the original Nicktoons. Yeah, actually, alongside along with, uh, two others, Rugrats and uh, Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. Another Billy West uh, cornerstone, which I actually never watched Ren and Stimpy in earnest. It was just a little bit too gross, I think. Billy West actually um, talked about the new Doug, the Disney's Doug. Did he? Yeah, he said he didn't like it specifically because of the guy doing the voice acting for Doug. Oh. Like, <laughs> that's spiteful. <laughs> just big old talk and smack about it. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's, that's almost reminiscent of like... Uh, Death to Smoochie, where like kid show hosts like just have this incredibly yeah. gritty, violent <laughs> underbelly. <laughs> I liked it before it was ruined. Yeah. You know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's a really spiteful attitude, Billy West. <laughs> uh, he, maybe... he has too many brownie points right right now for me to feel anything negative about him, though. Uh, I yeah, I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not down with that whole f- fanatic mentality where like a person can do no. Mo- no wrong. This, of course, after the announcement that the new tick is going to have Patrick Warburton, and I proclaimed loudly and to whomever would listen, Patrick Warburton is a god among men and can do no <laughs> wrong. Uh, how would you uh, how would you characterize this show, Ben? What's uh, <laughs> with what's our difficulty? <laughs> the thing is, Doug is like the most bland. <laughs> unexciting protagonist you could possibly have in a multi multicolor fiesta town that doesn't seem to exist yeah. in the real world <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit strange to talk about uh <laughs> it's almost like a night veil vale, a, a little bit thing. he's like the <laughs> narrator from night veil <laughs> go spider wolves go spider wolves uh. i can see him saying that <laughs> he's aggressively average yeah, yeah, I think he's actually self-described, like, the character himself describes himself as painfully average. But he's a <laughs> uh, he's a shy, kind, imaginative kid. He moves to mm-hmm. Bluffington. His whole family moves to a new town. And he begins his adolescence in a new place. Yeah, and, and it just addresses, it really addresses it. the typical slice-of-life problems of growing up. Yeah, which is... So we had slice-of-life stuff before. We had, like, a maturity arc, like... Right. You know, we had fairly odd parents. Timmy was constantly just kind of like learning lessons and they always had a had a moral of the story sort of deal even though they didn't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. But that was explicitly a comedy in the background. This is really just it's just exactly what what I just said. It's just he's in his adolescence and he's dealing with it. Like yeah, it's I don't not know how really, to characterize it. It it's occasionally humorous, but really it's just, you know, oh, he made a mistake. Oh, he learned from it. Don't we all feel good right now? It's really strange. It's like <laughs> it's like watching paint dry. Like there's just nothing really I don't know. Like who would you recommend this show for? Like moms with too much time on their hands? Kids who grew up in the 90s. Apparently, I don't know what the draw was supposed to be cuz it's not really funny or exciting. <laughs> 
Well, I think the draw I is still that enjoyed Nintendo watching it. To him. So there's a quote actually from uh, Jim Jenkins, the the creator. Okay. He says, "Doug is not a powerful character. No, he is more where I feel that kids are today. They are soft spoken and bewildered." But they often make the right decisions. What we tried to get across was that you should feel good about yourself and not give in to peer pressure. The underlying foundation was that doing the right thing will pay off. Uh, they, they certainly got that point across. I'm, I'm it's... not certain that that is the most realistic depiction of kids today. <laughs> right. I, every, every, mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. Everybody who's under my age is awful. Well, I, my, I, mean, I thought... my general rule of thumb. <laughs> and there's, there's a gray area for people your own age as well yeah but not a lot older and then it just it goes from gray right to black again as soon as you get older than me because they're really (laughs) stuck in their own ways zane you're 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 walking a thin line as it is (laughs) (laughs) you know be careful i'm doing my best sir did i not file my reports on time (laughs) you gotta get your uh uh shit i lost that office space joke my TPS reports in? Yeah, that's the thing. I wanted to say a real report uh, instead. Like, I had done my taxes this past year, so I was about to say, like, my, uh, you know, 401 <laughs> or, like, or W40 or whatever the, the hell. way The way you said that sentence made it seem like you've never done your taxes before. Uh, I, I, like, I've done, <laughs> I've, like, done numbers. <laughs> like, on pages. That's, that's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's real, real vague, real... Boy, you know, howdy. You're, you're, you're keeping on the windy side of the law there. Oh, boy. <laughs> but um, but the, <laughs> yes. the show, I think, I think the show does a good job of representing the fears that a kid has. So that, like, yeah, I had thought so as well. And we can get into much more normal fears more later. But despite the show being kind of very bland and boring, um, mm. and despite the fact that when it's not bland and boring, it's because everyone is really disgusting looking and oddly colored. <laughs> it actually is paradoxically somehow a very good representation of the the inner mind of a self-conscious uh adolescent well because you know doug is bland but he escapes and life is bland and we escape escape oh By yeah watching doug. yes he does um well, but, i got a lot but, to yeah, say like, about that <laughs> like in, in other shows you know like fairly odd parents you know timmy would get into trouble but it was usually self-created trouble it would be magical and even if he learned a lesson, it was real vague. It was like, you know, you should stand up to your fears. Something, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was but, all abstract. But Doug. It wasn't like. We're... But for Doug, like, yeah. like the episode where Doug gets fat and that he imagines great. himself. He imagines himself at the pool party and he's at the top of the high dive and looking normal and he takes <laughs> off his shirt. shirt and becomes enormously fat. Yeah. Like, and it's like. Pokeball mechanics, just like all this mass appearing from nowhere. <laughs> it's well, pretty as, great. as a, as a former. BMI American. I can say with confidence that first off, that's exactly how shirts work. Okay, um, <laughs> but like that is the fear that an overweight child has, and it was depicted very sensitively. And you know, the moral of the story is very specific, and it's if you have body issues, well, you know, other people probably do too, and you can do a lot with it with just your attitude. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been interesting if he had a uh, situation where he, you know, was fat conscious and went up to Patty Mayonnaise during, like, Valentine's Day and just handed her a valentine that said, do you want to be my girl? Like, BMI girl, 
That should be on a shirt. <laughs> I couldn't think I of a way were... to say that joke, so I just made it weird <laughs> until you couldn't understand the reference anymore. I hope that's cool. I, th- I thought you were going to say, just goes up to Patty Mayonnaise and just, just eats her. <laughs> just <laughs> takes a bite out of her face. She still talks afterward because people don't seem to... They got the like, two-face uh, makeup thing going on. <laughs> what? Yeah, remember uh, Two Face in the. I'm aware of the character Two Face. I'm not sure how you're linking it to Doug. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Why don't we just jump back into the somehow less realistic than Arkham uh, society of Bluffington? Right. Um, do you want to start with the characters? Well, I think Bluffington. Well, I think Doug's character comes out a lot just by interacting with the the occasional weirdness of Bluffington. Like, Doug, uh, Doug portrays a kid who's really on the outs with the rest of the world. He's always excluded. He's, he's got a lot of social anxiety and he goes into his head a lot. Yeah. That's definitely true. And, and he's very normal. Where Bluffington seems like a kind of weird, quirky place. Like, they have their own words, their own pastimes, unusual shapes and colors everywhere. The landscape's purple. This is definitely in a pocket dimension, kind of like Ed and Nettie, but like with, like the kid who drew Ed and Nettie, like figured out how like outlines worked, and that's yeah. then we got Bluffington. <laughs> well, not only that, he also decided, hey, I want to have a character that's different from everyone else, so that he can just be privately tortured every day. He's not different from everybody else. Like he, I, I was actually thinking this. He's all the kids are pretty consistently realistic. I thought, yeah, like I mean, not. Not aesthetically, naturally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but they all act like kids. There's frequently episodes where one of them is scared about something. And it's not just Doug that's self-conscious. This is just a whole bowl of self-conscious people with character flaws. But yeah. nonetheless are pretty kind and, you know, work together. They they give in to peer pressure all the time. Oh, yeah. They're always worried about what other people think. So Doug is not actually that much more average than the other characters. But let, right. let's let's talk about him specifically well. anyway, because it the 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 show focuses on him so much that it seems weird not to focus on him. Right. So, um, Doug, voiced by Billy West, um, who also actually voiced Roger Klotz, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's pa- he is painfully average most of the time, but he's got a couple jarring departures from this, which is, I mean, his main ass, the main, you know, sort of. Uh, bumpy aspect of his personality is that he frequently loses track of what he's doing and follows a fantasy sort of like mm-hmm. uh, jd from scrubs yeah <laughs> usually his fantasies are all the sort of you know blown blown up proportions that a uh an adolescent would have in this you know new place um he's self-conscious so they're all all of his fantasies usually make him look ridiculed cool and ostracized you know? His fantasies make him ostracized? What do you mean? In in his fantasies, he's always like getting booed or like Oh, you know, his negative fantasies. I stuff. thought you meant I thought you meant whenever he puts on it like his alter egos. No, no, he he does have alter egos, but I I wouldn't even say it's the majority of the time. I would say the majority of the time is him just kind of imagining oh, yeah. the worst thing happening to him, which is, you know, and it's, what a it's, kid going through puberty is going to do. And that's great. It's always worse than what actually happens. Not always. But but by knowing the way. that doesn't make it go away. So 
it's not always that his fantasies are unrealistic. Like, they're commonly unrealistic and are never represented in the show. But sometimes he'll be like, I can't believe how fat I am. And then Skeeter's just like, oh, I don't notice anything different about you except that you're fat. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that sort of thing happens at a couple of times in this really awesome double subversion where his fears are proven to be accurate. Which <laughs> does happen occasionally when you're going through your adolescence. So yeah. it's just... It's just a very accurate depiction of of a of a young man's fears as he just grows up and tries to fit yeah. in. He's. I'm sorry. I, I I every once in a while I just ha- I take a look at a picture of him and I'm just like what? so bland. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> uniformly boring to talk about. Sorry to depart back to that. It's going to come up a, a, a few times. It is. And we're going to continually like excuse ourselves during this episode, much in the way that Doug kind of <laughs> excuses his own actions. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I I didn't, didn't mean I, to do I, that. I, 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 <laughs> he, he can't spit anything out. He's got real... Sorry. I didn't mean to dislike liver and onions. Yeah, that's... <laughs> a perfectly reasonable preference. <laughs> yeah. I'm self-conscious about my weight. I wouldn't like to take off my shirt at a pool. I mean, I forgot yeah. it. <laughs> he, yeah, he's got a bit of Tim Timmy Turner syndrome where he tries to think up weird uh, fixes for his situations. There was that one where he kept on beating Patty Mayonnaise at everything, like mm-hmm. bowling and whatnot. So his 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 quick fix was just to get really unlucky by like breaking mirrors and running under ladders and <laughs> trying Skeeter's grandma's homemade recipe for bad luck, which is putting mashed That's... potatoes in your pockets and like <laughs> rotating three times while whistling twinkle, twinkle, you little star in a kiddie pool. I mean, that's kid thinking right there. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to really accept responsibility for your own actions, so you're not going to uh, address them. You're not going to confront them directly. He does sometimes, but it's, do you, it's pretty far. Do you think that's between. what he's doing? Like he, he envisions the world as just default mean to him so that he doesn't actually have to improve himself no 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 what i'm saying is his his machinations to solve his problems are all roundabout so that he doesn't have to confront them head on oh nice yeah well i mean that is actually sometimes the moral that you you know don't uh, approach your problem head on you know take it from the side i would say outthink your problem no 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 i would say most of the time the moral is no don't do that just talk to your problem head on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a lot of them are a lot of his, a lot of the episodes just kind of revolve around misunderstandings that he had and him trying to fix it without actually talking to the person whom was misunderstood. Mm. Like I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, half I, of the episodes are about that specific thing. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm to just that thinking end, of a couple episodes where he like, uh, you know, Roger does something bad to him, and then he Roger gets caught, and Doug like explains it away and is like hey roger i just did you a solid like let's be cool i, I don't remember him talking like a 50 street tough hey <laughs> roger <laughs> hey man hey man don't worry about a thing man we all square what's happening <laughs> yeah it's Roger's, definitely roger uh, looks like one of those but not doug well i guess uh well you know that's what uh, jenkins said though you do the right thing it'll pay off if you approach your problems head on if you tell people the truth if you Blah, 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 blah. It's so boring to talk about. Uh, uh, but to that end, he is remarkably gullible and naive, which, yeah. you know, gives him the opportunity to misunderstand learns. a lot, which is convenient because all the episodes revolve around him misunderstanding what's going on. See, that's the thing. I don't love misunderstanding as the fuel for a plot line. Me neither. Um, it, it doesn't lend itself toward character development. It's just kind of, what a wacky misunderstanding. We're all friends again. 
I, you know, there are there are some shows, some plays that I've seen where it's just I can't enjoy them because I just keep screaming. Just sit down and talk it out. Just tell her like, how you feel, man. There's no reason to have she this She likes problem. you back. You can tell. There's signs everywhere. <laughs> and even if there wasn't, wouldn't it be good to get it off your chest? And at this point, and I have punched the mirror and I'm stalking around outside listening to, it's, I don't know, Third Eye I Blind suppose. or something. <laughs> uh, I'm suppose, just trying to put myself suppose, back in a teenage mindset for this. Doug is somewhat poignant in that way because, you know... Even if you, you've learned the lesson before, hey, approach your problem head on, it doesn't really get easier. <laughs> no, that's true, but it like makes telling you more that capable girl you of like doing her, that. It doesn't get easier. Yeah, it makes you more capable and like, but if it's a, if it's a different situation, but the answer's the same, it's still going to be tricky. Maybe so. I, I have this thing where if ever I find a situation kind of tricky and I know I'm going to dread talking to someone about it, I'll just make myself do it. <laughs> Because I'm aware yeah. that it's going to happen over and over and over again in the future. That's the main, like, lesson of growing up. And, you know, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be able to look at that dumb, beady-eyed stare right in the face with, uh, you know, any any modicum of uh, pride. I would be ashamed. Are you talking about Doug or yourself in the mirror? I'm talking I about Doug. lost track here. No, his, okay. Zane, his lie reflects my lie. <laughs> um but, let, but let, yeah. let's let's finish this, up this, this show could be sponsored by nike just do it <laughs> yeah just do it man just on, just Doug. hop that fence and tell, except, tell patty how you feel <laughs> except when it's a peer pressure episode in which the lesson is doug don't do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah always do the right thing unless everyone else is telling you to Zane, doug really i mean the maturity that he's looking for is the ability to change what he can to accept what he can't, and to have the capacity to tell the difference. Um, anyway, Ugh. yeah. So to, to to finish him off is uh ew. <laughs> so uh, to 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 round out what Doug is all about. Um, what I found was the strongest, which is to say, the only aspect of his character that was you know interesting in one way mm-hmm. was that he's just as opposed to everybody else who's kind of even more bland. I would say. Is just that he's very strongly defined by his morals and will always do the right thing, even if it's not the smart thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think we've already kind of said that as well, but I just wanted to say how central a facet of his character that is. Like, above all else, yeah. he wants to be a good guy. Like, he is a nice guy, first and foremost, and will go out of his way, even if it doesn't benefit him. Explicitly when it doesn't benefit him, which really just so, reflects the whole thing you were talking about Jim Jenkins saying. Yeah. So, so for Doug, it's not really an issue of, you know, should I do the right thing? It's usually. How do I do the right thing? And, and for that, he turns to his sort of alter egos. You talking about Skeeter? It, no, I'm talking about like, uh, <laughs> <Skeeter's> <laughs> he's not just a figment of his imagination. <laughs> I really like the idea that Skeeter is just not a real person. And it's just like the outlet that he needs, like in a beautiful mind. It was it was probably a tell when in the first episode the first thing Skeeter said to him was I want you to hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just started honking like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like Doug just has one of those like clown horns and just takes it along with him. He's like Skeeter, what do you think I should do? <laughs> yeah. It's really easy to just have an imaginary friend when the prop is two dollars. 
<laughs> um, well, well, that actually, Doug is clearly suffering from some kind of mental disorder. Like, because... I don't want to be, ir- I don't, I don't want to be offensive in any way, but to say he is not on the spectrum is to de- de- to, to deny reality. <laughs> like, there's definitely he... something weird going on with him. Yeah, it's not but, crippling, but it's, but it's a useful. Well, it's a useful process for him because he can invent, you know, Quail Man, an adventure, or Race Canyon, or Jack Danger, Jack Bandit. I don't. Jack wanna Bandit. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wanna. That is literally one of the only things I remember. For some reason, I remember that exactly thing and nothing else from Jack Bandit. I didn't watch an episode with Jack Bandit. I remember that from like no. ten year syndrome. The the reason I remember it is because I was really into Doug when I was like five and in kindergarten. Really? And yeah, and I remember like. I like didn't want to do nap time because I was too cool and I was Jack Bandit and I did like the one on and then I stood up and like walked around during nap time and the teachers were like, no, you can't do that. How how would that relate if you were like in one of your Shakespeare plays and you're just like, no, nah, I'm gonna not gonna do what you tell me. Time to time to turn into Quail Man in Twelfth Night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of Othello, but with less pillow fighting <laughs> and less board games. Right, less racist <laughs> board games. Um. <laughs> Is it only called that because it's like black and white tiles? I, I don't have a goddamn clue, Zane. <laughs> You're asking me about Othello and Shakespeare right now. I thought we agreed we were just going to talk about Skeeter. We could talk about Skeeter <laughs> um, for days. But Maybe we should uh, talk Doug about figures, Skeeter. We will, just a second. Sure but thing. Doug figures Doug figures out the how of his situation. He'll He'll like have a problem, and he'll draw a character and watch their adventures, and then get an idea from the story he just wrote. Yeah, it it does seem like he's sort of borrowing wisdom from past avatars. Yeah, <laughs> to a certain extent, it's um, a group mind. Yeah, but but it's a hive mind. Like, sometimes it's not good for him. Like he'll just he'll he'll snap out of his daydream and he'll be in traffic. Yeah, he's this is I, I don't not know if good. You, did you did you read that cracked article? I've read every cracked article. Okay, there was that one where it was saying about how like Bluffington just. It kind of has these, has this one kid who's clearly on the spectrum and has like mental problems because he snaps out of his situation like boxing in like a mall or just stopped in front of traffic. Like he's got like a schizophrenic disorder and like yeah, everybody treats it like, oh, he's just, you know, he. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. <laughs> Especially when they're this bland. I, I can see his dad saying that. <laughs> his dad, by the way, is that the same voice as Dexter's dad? Uh, yeah, I think it's so. It's almost a copy paste. Yeah. I actually didn't put that together until this moment, until I remembered Dexter's dad saying, family fun. And I can see Everything, him saying that. Everything's well. fine. Everything's fine. All the time. I love my family. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Hard day at the office. <laughs> Ignoring the burning wreckage. Yeah. Man, this is probably also the first show with like a not, well, not the first show, but like this is a, the, the, the most competent father figure <laughs> I've seen thus far. Like even the mom's a little bit spacey, but the parents are actually mm-hmm. very reasonable in this. Yeah. Do you want to talk about his sister at all? Uh, yeah. We can talk about she all did. his peers kind of as a group. Yeah. Like, with a couple uh, notable exceptions, like, I want to really focus on Skeeter. Well, I mean, speaking of, as we were speaking of Shakespeare, Judy is, uh, I think Judy was named for Judith Shakespeare. Was she? I remember reading she was named for Judith, and I remember it having relation to Shakespeare. I might have made that up. 
Yeah, she has a late motif. Everyone she has, has like Zane. A, everybody like a has a late motif. Baseline group. I'm gonna do as That's many of true. them as I can. <laughs> you know, we can just cut those in, right? Oh yeah, I probably should. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be in the spirit not to just scat it. That's true. <laughs> Which we can talk about Fred Newman in a second. But uh, how do you feel about yeah. Judy? Uh, I mean. She is also representing, uh, uh, like a teenager phase. Yeah, that's what I love. I actually really love. I think she's the strongest character for that exact reason. She's even more realistic than Doug going through puberty because she she's this like the slightly older sibling and sort of conversely tries to be a role model and picks on him. Like she's not consistent in that way. In the same way, like when I was you know around that age, I'm sure I was really awful to be around slash really fun to be around, <laughs> kind of in equal parts. That age. Whatever age. I don't know what... You mean now? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, I know David was like well, that for d- me. <laughs> like, Didn't didn't one of your friends, like, complain about somebody they didn't like? And they're like, he's just a jerk, and he's, like, always cracking jokes, and he's, like, always mean. And you're like, well, I, I do that, too. And they're like, but you do it better. Yeah, they don't, you're, they don't get it. They don't do it right. <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> they don't understand the flow. I'm pretty sure I said that. Um... And convinced myself that the other person felt that. Yeah, that sounds right. Pretty good. Not not too bad. I mean, I was we... Quail Man at the time, so it's not as though I right. really deluded myself. His companion, Quail Dog. But yeah, I really... <laughs> yes. I really like Judy yeah. for that reason. Yeah, I mean, well, she's got that beret. She's like... I, she, she's she... like a year away from her goth phase, I think. Well, I mean, it was, you know, the 90s, so it was a beatnik phase. Which was pretty over the top for me. I mean, it was even a character of itself in the show. But I really mm-hmm. love that relationship between her and Doug, you know? Yeah. Because even Doug kind of recognizes when Judy's being a little bit bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes Judy will be like, your dilemma is something out of Shakespeare. And Doug will just be like, not him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just have a very accurate depiction of a sibling sort of dynamic. Like, yeah, love plus annoyance. Yeah. You know, everybody does their own thing, but they're there for you in a pit. Yeah, see it's, also it's... Lars from Rocket Power, although that was a little bit more mm. one-sided. Yeah. Actually, yeah, a lot I mean, more Judy one-sided. Is, Judy is surprisingly reasonable. Yeah. I would say the entire Funny family is surprisingly reasonable. The show was actually supposed to be called The Funnies originally. Ew. That, was, that would have been a mistake. Right? <laughs> yeah. Best to focus on the most enigmatic... <laughs> enigmatic mystery wrapped in a riddle wrapped in an enigma character there is doug he's got this strange allure he's so average it can't possibly be the full story <laughs> i need to know more i must seduce this man <laughs> he draws you in with that come hither look that's actually the quail eyes <laughs> <laughs> patience intelligence speed you come to him because you're helping him pick up something he's dropped, but you, you stay, stay because it's too awkward to leave. You stay for the belt on his head in a plumage <laughs> that quails don't actually have. Pretty great. <laughs> you look up some quail facts? I didn't look up any quail facts. What a what a scrub I am. <laughs> what a dunce. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, I'm trying to stick to words that would be applicable in Doug. <laughs> scrubs. What a lame-o. Joey Cucamonga. <laughs> Um, maybe we should, maybe we should talk about uh, his classmates, though. Yeah, so, uh, his, his best friend is, uh, Skeeter. Skeeter. (laughs) Yeah. Skeeter. His black best friend. 
which I <laughs> so in that song where they're like oh skeet skeet yep I originally thought that it was like a reference because I was young and stupid yeah and, and when he says the, uh, the sweat else. drips down my balls you probably thought they were talking about beatball yeah or whatever the <laughs> hell the sport is there bongo ball actually is four square they love beats. I, I that was one of my extra notes. It's just like Both I don't things. understand their uh, affection with beats. It's like they're nature's candy, don't you know? I do know. <laughs> <laughs> Which and that's the, that's one of the things when Doug first arrives in Bluffington, he's like, "What's a beat?" And everyone's like, "You don't have you don't like holy beats? shit, Dude, they're you're the great. you're the devil." <laughs> <laughs> it just sort of sets the stage that this is a most random. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, like odd place. This is like that episode of Invader Zim with like the different universes. You can go to the universe of Itchy and the universe with like the room with a moose, and this is just the universe of Beats. <laughs> the universe of Itchy and the universe of Scratchy. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but Skeeter, Skeeter, and uh, some of the other characters are voiced by uh, Fred Newman. Fred Newman, whom who also composed some of the music and sound effects. Yeah, for the show. with his mouth in that yeah. in that police academy way. That uh, what was his name again? Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. I can never remember that name. It's the Michael that does it. Um, so, um, so, so Billy West and Fred Newman together do most of the main cat. I, I like. I like the idea of them just together in a room improvising an entire show, even with the sound effects, and just shipping it out to a group of animators. Yeah, figure out what this person sounds like. Well, golly, oh, <laughs> Patty Mayonnaise. Okay, I guess done. Yeah, she's got like a southern. <laughs> this guy looks plane, like a Roger she? Klotz. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I was always kind of curious. I like saw this. I looked up this YouTube clip of uh, a bunch of people tr- speculating on the ethnicities of like yeah. all the Doug <laughs> characters, and it had like uh, Roger as like a Cherokee or something like that. That way, madness lies. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. You know, they weren't. You know, too serious about it, but it's just kind of fun to muse. It is on. Yeah, we should point. We should point out that these characters are like green they're and multicolor. blue. Yeah. This is, you know, one town over to uh, Peach Creek. Yeah. There's one kid whose head is orange and his hair is green and he looks like a pineapple. Are you... You're not talking about Roger Klotz. No, no. One of his cronies. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pineapple head. You're not talking about the one guy with the one eye that's just a pupil? And the other (laughs) one that is bigger than everybody else's one eye? No, it's them and the kid who looks like a mole. Those are his three cronies. Man. I. All right, I, I just need to take a breath. <laughs> Everyone is <sighs> severely ugly in this show. They are, but they actually work quite well. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, my sensibilities were not offended when I was looking at them. Like I don't know. They just mine were. They fit the aesthetic somehow, even though the aesthetic is as bland. Like they fit the theme, even though the theme is really bland, and I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. It should be really sharply contrasting with everything else in the show, and it's just not. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but, but let, uh, let's let's but, not but get Skeeter, too far down that. Uh, Skeeter is sort of, um, you know, Doug's very anxious. He's kind of a Type A personality, mm. and Skeeter is his, you know, his, it's odd his, couple yeah. kind of counterpart. Yeah, it's his Jake. If Porkchop wasn't already a dog, Skeeter would kind of just be his dog or his familiar <laughs> or his symbiote. <laughs> Easy going, loves a game, doesn't understand what's going on around him, but is happy to be there. He, no, he's, he's I don't know, he's always seemed to be kind of like Doug's sort of spirit animal and give him advice and tell him how the way the way things are. Like, I actually really like Skeeter's demeanor, 
it because it, it's almost <laughs> like he he knows new clothing line skeeter's demeanor yeah <laughs> it's almost as though he knows he's there to be a sidekick like he read the script and he's like oh okay i guess this i'm just here to for doug to bounce ideas off to <laughs> he was probably pretty excited about it yeah he, he like never talks about himself and he almost exclusively talks about doug Whenever Doug something does something cool and Doug's character is too modest to allow him to brag about it, Skeeter will just talk him up like crazy. <laughs> it's like the champ, just like, look at that high score, everybody. Doug will kick your ass. Um, Doug will just be like, oh, Skeet, you you say too much. Uh, yeah, which is why I, I like speculating that uh, Skeeter is not real and it's just another personality. <laughs> That Doug has like Quail Man, but he's just not aware of it being a fantasy. Well, I think Skeeter's the only one that provides like beatboxing noises in character, and they're also in the background, so that might. That's just I don't know. It seems just like a verbal tick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got Tourette's. <laughs> um, uh, but I do like the sound effects and random like scatting in the background. Absolutely. But when Skeeter does it, when Skeeter does it, a bit less so. Like they're more grating. I, I don't mind them much. They they fit with his nasal voice pretty well, so it's it's not too out of character. Yeah. Um, the only other you know other character I really wanted to talk about was Roger Klotz. Yeah, who's a very amusing counterpoint to Doug's honest naivete. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he's he's like this like like I said he looks like a greaser. He's got green hair and orange or green green skin and orange hair. He's like a reverse carrot. Yeah, <laughs> it's just in a really strange. Um, I think he's got stubble, even. Uh, I thought he just had, like, a pointy chin. It could be a pointy chin. He's, he's, he's a little angular. He's, yeah, he's, like, always, like, he's always trying something. He goes out of his way to, be to malicious. like, hurt Doug. Even when Doug's been, like, so nice to him in the yeah, past. Yeah, he's, he's underhanded and devious just because he can. Like, yeah. I would love to see a Start of Darkness episode for him. He, he apparently, like... His parents are divorced, and he like lives in a trailer or something like that. Oh man, I would love to hear more about that. Like, I really want to real. I really want to, you know, Tiny Toon Adventure style, like from rags to riches. Here's how Montana Max was before the, you know, before his mom <laughs> hit the lottery. Yeah. Um, but his his aesthetic is actually very disorienting. Like, even in the context of this show, like everybody yeah, else is kind of just wearing clothes. He has a leather jacket, Italian ankle boots, <laughs> slicked back hair. He's got a look. He walks like a cowboy, Zane. Yeah. His legs are Arms always akimbo. His legs are always bent. I don't really get what he's going for. <laughs> he's uh he's the Fonz. They he heard, "Hey, people people like the leather jacket and the greaser look and and saying things and yeah. Who he's trying to be cool. He's just really bad at it. Who can I be? Who who can I who can I blatantly rip off in a theme? Charlie Brown? Nope. Someone already did that. Don Knotts? Taken. Nope. That's the principal. <laughs> um, guess I'll just go with, uh, you know, what's his, what's his head from Greece? Kaniki. Uh, well, Zuko. Prince Zuko? It was not Prince Zuko. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> not, uh, I mean, in my cross fiction, but. <laughs> in your slash fic. Uh, Roger X Zuko. <laughs> yeah. They're both disfigured, so it works out okay. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly, I wa- I just wanted to say as a as a group, um, all the other characters have critical flaws as well. Yeah. Like Patty is over competitive. Chalky is kind of pressured into being perfect. Roger is clearly, you know, too arrogant for his own good. Fentruck is foreign. <laughs> yes, that's a character flaw. That counts. 
<laughs> from Yakash from- Tunisia. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone had it. It seems like everyone else has these sort of introspective moments off screen. They only get is- an episode on it, really. What do you mean? They usually just get one episode on. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Somebody else's character flaw and how it relates to Doug, and then it but never comes the up again. That's the thing. It it plays into this whole adolescent. I'm so focused on myself. I don't realize other people are feeling the same way. Like this, this show could have been Skeeter or Patty. Like yeah, it could have focused on any of them. It Maybe just not the most certainly it just Patty. The most boring one. I mean, Skeeter did get his own show. Yeah, my cousin Skeeter or my, cousin Skeeter. My, my cousin Vinny. You got turned into a puppet, right? <laughs> He's sort of the same character in that. But yeah, they all have they all have critical flaws. I wouldn't have minded seeing a bit more continuity. Like apparently this show was lauded for its sense of continuity. Like huh. uh yeah, like uh Roger will say like didn't I help you out that one time with the what whatever situation? Or no, no. Chalky said something like that. Didn't I help you prep like, for like uh that yeah. that physical education test? And I don't then- consider that really continuity it's continuity nod but the characters themselves don't seem to have they don't seem to learn which yeah, is something like, i really would have appreciated you know i i went back and i was trying to pick out some of the episodes i remember and i'm like oh these are all over the place uh, season one season four yeah like <clears throat> yeah it, the, the, it it's doesn't all kind really, of samey it doesn't evolve it i think one of the things about the show is that um it was trying to deviate deviate away from this whole you can watch them in whatever order thing but it just Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it did that very much i I heard that it did it more in the disney version but it doesn't seem like they learn at all what would have been really interesting just to sorry this is just coming to me uh would it would have been interesting to see um other people's problems come up more Mm -hmm. to kind of reflect that doug is stop is not being as self-centered and like he's he's being becoming more aware of his you know, other people's problems and that he doesn't have to focus on his own problems so much. That would be yeah. pretty cool. That would be great. And it'd be great if, you know, even if each episode was just centered on Doug and self-contained, it's like, well, maybe in the second half of the episode, it happens to be the beginning of a plot line for another character. And we kind of intersect with them in and out on a couple other episodes. Yeah, we can see uh, Mr. Dink going through the spiraling depression that is his inevitable divorce. Yeah, that, <laughs> that man just screams midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, it's actually an acronym, Dink. Like his last name is uh, Double Income No Kids. Oh, okay. It's just a description of him and his wife, uh, Tibby. Right. That would explain why he's buying so many things that are very, very expensive. expensive. <laughs> yeah, which the last thing about characters I want to say is that either the uh, all the all the kids are pretty reasonable. The adults are also either reasonable or just completely batshit crazy. <laughs> like. Mr. Dink and Don Knotts being the prime examples of that. Yeah, uh, we should say Don Knotts is Mr. Bone, Mr. but Bone. was actually based on Don Knotts. Yeah, Mr. Boner. Mr. Boner Loaf. Um, <laughs> it's against the rules. Sounds like you've got a mystery on your hands, Chalky. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, he, Mr. Bone is the assistant principal, and the principal's name <laughs> yes. is Mr. Butt Savage. Mr. Butt Savage. <laughs> Which apparently which, was Jim Jenkins' actual, like, elementary school principal. Which is name. amazing that somebody, like, that one, somebody with that name could be a principal, and two, they, they didn't have the presence of mind to change their name. Like, <laughs> you're not doing yourself any favors, and you're not doing your kids any favors. I mean, they were, you know, that's that's a that's an it's an old English name. It's got a lot of pride attached to it. The uh, the great uh, ye old butt savages. 
um, <laughs> blacksmith, you know, horseshoe shop or whatever, like, <laughs> known throughout the land, but savages. Well, blacksmith, like, the last name Smith, like, that's a description of an actual profession and something that the family did in the past. But savage implies... Yeah, you're savaging butts. <laughs> yeah. Or salvaging butts. It's it's an ambiguous One of which spelling. I'm not into. Listener, you be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Um, let's, let, let's jump into things that are not characters, because we spent way too much time on characters. Sure. Do you want to talk about the, the, uh, the, the genre of the show? Because there actually is a lot to talk about there. It, it's, it's this sort of, uh, bland coming of age story. It is, but with, you know, peppered in, uh, you know, interspersed. You can, you can say that. the word pepper, it's fine. I, I can't. I don't want to. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I have to pay uh, Tony Stark royalties every time I do it. That makes sense. Uh, a lot of the time, you know, interspersed with the, you know, realism of a coming-of-age story, you have all these fantasy worlds, and it, mm-hmm. you know, reflects the self-centered, insecure, escapist mindset of an adolescent Doug. And sure. I was I was wondering whether it was because the creators just had a hard time filling the rest of, <clears throat> rest of the episode with real things to happen, because <laughs> the I... plots are so small. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would actually might be the primary reason for those segments, and then they tack on like, "Oh no, kids have great imaginations. They they pretend like they're cooler people all the time." If and if they backtracked, like if this was just a band aid to fill time, it was. It's one of the most eloquently, it, elegantly done best. ones that I've seen. Yeah, the, the show's at its best when it's more fantastical. Anything with like Quail Man's more fun that. Uh, <laughs> You know, anything like that. And even the, uh, do you remember the Halloween episode? I, I, the, uh, you're talking about the, um. Funky Town? Was that a Halloween episode? Yeah, they go to Funky Town and go into a haunted house and, uh, there's a bunch of traps and stuff and they trick Roger. I don't remember that at all. (laughs) Well, it was, it was very, like, fantastical, even though it wasn't, like, one of his dream sequences and that episode i thought was really good so i think like these characters are fine it's just that they're not in interesting situations usually well and you know that's where that's where doug really shines because despite being you know a pretty boring regular kid he does have a great imagination and he's very creative like he's Mm -hmm. a great artist it's actually shown (laughs) yeah uh like that whole family is pretty artistic i think yeah he built that uh he built that towel rack yeah, good for him, man. Carved little, uh, carved little uh, runic sigils for his lord and master, uh, Lord Skeet, on the side of it, so that, uh, <laughs> that so that it would function properly. Right, have to have that instant psychic connection in case he needs the wisdom of the Skeet. <laughs> the wisdom of the Skeet is uh, probably one of my favorite uh, YA books. <laughs> growing up, the secret of Nim and the wisdom of Skeet. I think we're probably one two punch for me most of the time. Yeah. Uh yeah. So um one of the more humorous parts of the show, I think, mm. is when Doug's imagination is proven to be right in the world around him. So like I was saying this before, that that double subversion when like Skeeter just calls him fat yeah. straight up. Like the workout bot a video bodybuilder, Ronald Weisenheimer uh, <laughs> is like talking to him, saying, Come on, fatty, your blubber disgusts me. And I'm like, This is really sweet. Like Yeah, like that's how the world around workout... him is reinforcing his insecurities. Yeah, that's how a workout video should work, by the way. It shouldn't be this come on everybody, you're doing great. Oh yeah. It's it shouldn't <laughs> be a Richard Simmons esque thing. 
also it's it sort of reflects like what what that mindset would focus on like maybe you only get like one in 20 comments reinforcing your maligned point of view but that's mm-hmm. the one you're going to listen to yeah i mean that's uh that's actually one of the things i learned in neuroscience is the brain takes negative information more strongly yeah so we about can five fix times it. about five times as strongly actually i think i kind of uh just sort of intuitively realized that because I mm-hmm. process so much information as negative that I'm just like, maybe we're just wired like this. It makes <laughs> we definitely sense. Are. Like, we sh- if we focused on the good and kind of put the bad to the side, we probably wouldn't have gotten as far as we have as a as a species. Yeah. What do you think a, like a like a news media report in Bluffington would look like? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably the Night Vale thing you were saying before. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous cloud. This just in, the Beats have crashed their bus into the side of a canyon shaped like a another giant beat. I don't know. Yeah. The Beats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. They were just the only rock band. <laughs> Did you see that one where they disbanded and like only the one with a professional degree could get a job afterward and the other guy i did not see that that sounds awesome yeah and like one of the characters like the lead singer had to get a job at like the honker burger or whatever <laughs> or mr swirly uh, yeah. Ew, tofu. yeah there was a real i don't know did this did this show sell real big with vegans i like yeah, i don't know you had a beatnik you had all the characters being very morally strong like even rogers got kind of a moral backbone like he won't cross the line sometimes and everybody seems to like you know boner likes yodeling uh they really like i think doug plays the banjo it's a lot of niche markets for that i mean show. yeah everything's more wholesome than its real life counterpart everyone's interested in eating healthy and exercising and instead of like violent video games they have like bag the nematode yeah they they seem like they just like focus on really strange things <laughs> like which by the way i looked into nematodes they're not they're that's not what a nematode is no it's not like like they make you think it's some they're sort of parasites. like dire frog no it, it's not even close it's like a parasite yeah they're roundworms mm-hmm. and actually um spongebob I, I, accurately I do- depicted them a bit sort of. more. They they're actually really cool, and I didn't make the connection. They are the phylum that includes C. elegans. C. elegans. C. elegans. Oh, it's really big in the bio world. Like um, elegant sea creatures, like uh, like uh, the Little Mermaid. No, this isn't a Mega Man villain. This is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. No, they're they're small. They're like less than a couple millimeters, and they're basically just a long tube. But um, C. elegans is uh actively studied in the scientific community they they have the whole genome mapped because when it's fully grown it always has exactly 959 cells what and they've tracked the growth of every single one of those cells oh my god that is incredibly specific isn't that weird (laughs) i mean i i guess when you're like that simple an organism like there's not much mute i don't know there's probably not that much variation. They took the old uh, "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" thing to a new level. Yeah, when you're right, you're right. Like, <laughs> dude, nine fifty nine. Uh, can we try one more? Oh, it did not go well. That's how pineapples work. Oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, I, I saw some YouTube of like some girl explaining the mathematics of pineapples. And oh, it's, with like, the diagonals. Well, it's 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 the Fibonacci sequence. Mm. And like how that's like the it, it's somehow related mathematically to 
um, the optimal the optimal positioning of rotating leaves absorbing sunlight. Hmm. Like you don't want to just do it at like uh you know uh you know cross them or anything like that. You want to have it in like this rotating spiral pattern, and apparently it relates somehow to the Fibonacci sequence. It's pretty cool. It's it seems weird that other species hit on these numerical ideas before we did. <laughs> <laughs> Especially plant species. They haven't written books about it. They haven't podcasted about it, Zane. How am I to know? They probably have. I can't believe they're like hoarding their trade secrets. Who's they? The pineapples? <laughs> That's right. Zane, if you're gonna, you know, anthropomorphize them, don't expect me not to run with it. Uh anyway, anyway we should uh, should we, we probably, should probably jump away, on to We should probably uh, get away from like vegetables for a little bit. Like yeah. fruits and vegetables. Let's, uh, you wanna jump into audio? I actually had a couple more things to say about the the tone. Really? Um, okay. Go yeah. ahead. Well, uh, just that um, it's not often. Like, it doesn't happen too often. Uh, usually the, I feel like usually the, usually Bluffington is pretty reasonable as a society. Mm-hmm. But the show itself just has a huge disconnect from reality that it doesn't really feel the need to patch or, like, quantify or, like, you know, just, they, it doesn't seem like they check their facts much. Like, Doug does 500 sit-ups in a row in the, in the pilot or yeah, whatever. Yeah, by the way, really hard. It's also, like, not a thing that he specifically would be able to do. Like, it shows him beating Chalky in a sit-up match, and Chalky is, like, the ace. Right. Um, also, the, the the team band has a fucking cannon. Like, they light it, and it fires during, like, the overture of 1812. That seems reasonable. <laughs> Does it? No. I don't know. It, with a world so insane as the one Doug lives in, it's Doug's flights of fancy are much more un- understandable. Like, they're pretty yeah. tame by comparison. <laughs> I learned it from you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost as, sometimes it's like he's not escaping from, you know, the mundanity of adolescence. He's escaping from the really batshit crazy things going on in Bluffington. <laughs> or just like Mr. Dink's inventions and face. Didn't um didn't Mr. Dink didn't the old uh, Mr. Dink yelling you broke my grill wasn't that a meme for a while? I, that was a dream you had. That might have been a dream. I had. no he he said that you broke uh, he my did grill. say that, but you kept on repeating it because you had a dream where he said you fucked my grill. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> In one of my favorite one of your dreams. I don't really remember that. Yeah, you told me about it, and I was very proud of you. <laughs> uh, Speaking of fucking grills, um, they actually don't pull right. punches <laughs> with some darker topics. Like, they, they discuss things like addiction and death pretty bluntly. Like, Skeeter just straight up says, yeah, Patty's uh, mom died a couple years ago. And it doesn't, it's not accompanied with, like, the sad banter, like, what is it, a wacky sound effect? slipping on a banana. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's not accompanied by anything. It's just, you know, it's part of the plot, and they just kind of don't, they don't pull away from it. Yeah, they say it's it great. the way, you know, you would say it. Mm-hmm. Although, oh, yeah, Skeeter the- kind of says a lot of stuff that he probably shouldn't say, so maybe that's not the best metric to go by. And by Skeeter, of course, you mean Doug's subconscious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, I really love that idea. I'm going to watch another episode when I get off of this and just, like, try to imagine that that's the case. Um, nice. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to watch this show, though. Like, it not, is. Not because it's so mundane, but just because, like, I think specifically for me, it's the same problem I have watching The Office. Like, the show is about Doug feeling uncomfortable and awkward. 
Yeah. So I just it just it's a little too close to home. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably why I like the more fantastical sequences a lot better. Do you like the awkward humor in general? I mean, I don't like The Office. Um, awkward humor, usually not. Sometimes it can hit well, but usually not. I, I feel like it always, it always try. At least in The Office, it always tries to go for like a thing where it like crosses the line twice. The problem with The Office is that every time they make a joke, they stare at you for a few seconds. Yeah, it's a sheep of the big city <laughs> moment. Yeah, <laughs> where they just like are, really. Are you point, aware of the joke? Do you, are you get aware it? Of it yet? <laughs> do you get that you are the joke? It's just, I don't know. We're all the joke. It's both uncomfortable on a visceral level and kind of arrogant, I feel like. Yeah. But if you have, like, a like a funny character, like, going into, like, I'm picturing, like, a funny guy going into an elevator, doing something silly, and everyone else is like, what's going on? As long as you're focused on the funny character, it's not too bad. Much like life, the real problem with The Office is Steve Carell. Uh-huh. That should be the back of the t-shirt with, um... Whatever the hell I said before, the BMI fat joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the idea. Does it, does it, do you Wouldn't mind that, that all that those two ideas are not connected? Wouldn't that be so good for a t-shirt line <laughs> of, like, the front and back, just, like, different jokes? Like, you know, if the truth hurts on the front and in the back, just, like, bring it on home or something like that. And it's got a picture of a house and, like, somebody's carrying it. I would like that. <laughs> it sounds really funny. <laughs> what do you think of a shirt where, like, it, it has something on the front and then something on the back, but it's it's not big enough to fit the whole joke, so there needs to be, like, a third side of the shirt? Like, <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but it, like, opens up like a, like a fold-out in a book. This is apropos of nothing, but, uh, <laughs> like, just, just the way you're saying, like, things going beyond the things that they're designed for i was playing a magic draft recently and i got this one card it's like a planeswalker it's a pretty powerful card and the guy's axe is coming out of the borders of the card it's just like <laughs> this guy's so beast he costs seven mana and he's punching out of the reality that he's framed it it's so cool nice you can't control me turn into quail man get out of your reality so uh that's all i have to say about the tone and genre sorry i spent so long on it Hey, that's all right. That's all right. I think we uh It's a very covered... tonally deep show, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is concerning because it's a very narratively shallow show. Although I do like the fact that he's narrating everything. It it um <clears throat> the narration helps a bit and it also helps with the uh the sound effects in the background cuz they they keep things moving between the scenes. I hadn't noticed that, but that's absolutely true. Like if it was just watching it without the, you know, I, I I think it would be a lot harder to transition into the journal thing. Yeah, I I remember bits and pieces of a lot of episodes, but again, the plots are so mundane. You know, you 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 can't really remember the whole plot. Yeah, that's it true. It can be summed up in a sentence, which is interesting that we remember these little bits and pieces. Like, because it's not as though these. Maybe it's because the rest of the show was so bland that all these minor victories seemed like huge huzzas in comparison. <laughs> just just like adolescent life. That was beautiful, man. You're beautiful, man. <laughs> I am beautiful. Man. Um, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, let's get before we start. You know, complimenting our each other's appearance. Oh, we I can do that in I the outro. I don't think we uh, talked about the intro for the show yet. Oh yeah, why don't you? Why don't we talk a little bit about that? It's like uh, there's a pencil and it's drawing things around him. Yeah, which is a nice uh, little segue into what we're going to be doing next. But uh, 
yeah. if for right now, uh, yeah, it it draws things around him, and uh, well, it's just really the line is used in different ways. Like Patty will balance on it while Doug watches her walk by. And it's then, very creative. It it is very creative, and it oh, know, and and the music for for when all of his uh, his friends come on uh, is different. So yeah, it ha- when Patty comes on, it's this little like flute riff and then when roger comes on it switched to electric guitar yeah and then... yeah absolutely and um you know in, in the same way you know all those characters have late motifs themselves so mm-hmm. i don't know the fact that every character has a late motif it, i'm i'm just in heaven when late motifs happen <laughs> like mr dink has like that really like technological bonkers mad scientist late motif. yeah it's <laughs> really good and uh and and each uh because most of the episodes are done it's it's two episodes in the thirty minutes, um, and yeah. each each sub episode has its own intro where it's just like the the title of the episode, like Doug goes to the movies or something. Yeah, yeah. And he just like he turns on a light switch and you can see it. No, no, no. It's not that he turns on a light switch. Oh, he turns on the light switch and it's Doug, and then Pork Chop fucks up the title because Pork Chop's oh, an right. asshole. I actually didn't characterize Pork Chop at all because he's not really a character. He's a dog. Yeah, he he kind of acts out the sillier aspects of Doug's anxieties, but that's kind of all there is to him. He's Courage the Cowardly Dog in a show that does not need that character. He, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, he's not like scared, but he does like semaphore to communicate and puts on a dress or whatever the situation arises. Yeah. And and we've all been there. Yeah, who among us cannot say that we have not helped Charlie Brown esque friend out by putting on a dress? And letting him touch our hand to prep him for a movie date. Oh, I, I, that hasn't happened to me. That specific situation hasn't happened to you. I, 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 I was expecting it to happen with puberty, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe, I guess I'm not a man yet. I, I think that's probably true. It happened to me like <laughs> three or four times, so maybe there's going to be some spillover. I think you're fine. Okay, fair Whew. enough. Um, yeah the the intro is interesting also because it's got a couch gag sort of. Like, oh, does it? Yeah, like from The Simpsons, you know? Like, they always mm-hmm. kind of do a different intro thing. And, What's um, the one in this intro? So, like, Doug will chase Porkchop off, and then short Porkchop will, like, slide on the oil slick back to get to the light to turn it off again. Or oh, right. Doug will, like, right. you know, get his foot stuck in a paint can and, like, hobble back to his, uh, back to the light switch. Mm-hmm. They'll just do, like, a lot of these different ones. Neat. Like, it's not huge, but it's just, like, a nice little little bit of randomness to it. Makes I don't it not mind, so boring. I don't mind watching an intro if it's a good intro. Yeah, but it, it certainly helps to have that little bit of randomness to it. Just be like, what's he going to yeah. do? Oh, he porked up through the, through, through the ink right at the screen. Yeah. It's not like a yeah. selling point of the show, but it's it's nice that it wasn't the same one through and through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for as far as the rest of the you know uh, music and sound goes, to just jump into that. Um, sure. It's pretty unique as far as cartoons go. Like that, you know, everything is a cappella from Fred uh, Newman, basically. Yeah, and, a lot of scatting, a lot of just random humming and, and whistling sound noises. Whistling. There's an awesome angelic <laughs> choir whenever Doug stumbles onto a revelation. Oh yeah, that, oh, <laughs> it's like really <laughs> kind of out of place, but considering that you know the punctuated moments are so mundane anyway it just kind of yeah. helps to drive it home that this is a big you need deal, that audience. extra little kick yeah, yeah. <laughs> gives it just helps helps emerald it up to the east side whoa Oof. crossing the streams I, I, also when they use 
they don't use instruments often, but it's frequently pretty abnormal stuff, like uh, like marimba or synth. Um, and when they do use regular instruments, it's usually to fit a theme that Doug's imagination is running with. Which is interesting that his imagination is more, like, just, again, like, the reality around him is kind of crazier than he is. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's very layered. <laughs> like, Yeah, surprising there's, depth. There's a surprising depth to this show. It's it's interesting that he's both escape he's getting escapism from his mundane problems and the insanity that is Bluffington society. <laughs> perhaps the perhaps the answer's somewhere in the middle, Zane. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not the I'm not a good enough psychoanalyst to deal with this with this town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's quite the that's quite the thing to say to about any town. Uh, we want to briefly run into animation. Sure. That sounds good. Um, sorry, I, I skipped over it a bit. No, it, it's it's fine. I think we should start the wrapping anim- up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, we've been going on way too long. We'll we had to a lot to out. talk about, mostly about Skeeter. I mean, Doug is very... Doug's a... You know, it's a very iconic show. There's a reason people, like, have enjoyed it. And that uh, it's gone on for so long. And that it's gone on for quite a while. Um, like an eight-year but span, I think, didn't it? But I think it's also telling that upon re-watching it, it's not... The plots are not what make it good. Yeah, and I would say that this is good. Like, I still enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I think. Like, not a lot, but it was, it was, it was a decent time. Yeah. It was, it was good to listen on the, it, like, if I was, if, if I wasn't quite tired enough to get to sleep, Doug is, Doug, Doug hits that interesting <laughs> spot between nostalgia, too tired th- to do anything else and can't quite sleep. I think nostalgia did a bit for it. Um, I don't think, if I came into this at my age, like fresh, as yeah, fresh, it would be very good. But yeah, that might be like a sort of you know new generation has less of an attention span sort of thing. Yeah, you know, um, and there's not really anything to do as an audience member while watching this except for make a podcast about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but, okay, uh, but yeah, as the far animation. as the animation. Yeah, it go looks, ahead. It looks uh, very hand-drawn, like something that a kid would sketch in the notebook, appro- appropriately yeah. enough. Call, calling back the whole journal and the intro thing. The outlines mean, are mean, a little bit the diary? No, it's a journal, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the outlines are a little bit irregular. Like They don't quite color outside the line style of Ed, Ed and Eddie, but a lot of the objects look a little bit wobbly. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a simplistic uh, uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look robotic, which is which I think it fits very well in this, yeah. you know, it, you know, realistic but not quite right sort of <laughs> scene that they're going for. <laughs> a little yeah. bit off. Um there's I didn't notice this until like the very last episode I was reviewing for this, but when Doug writes in his journal, there's like a really nice lighting effect from his lamp. Hmm. Like stages of illumination com- coming out of his lamp like emanating from his lamp. Did not and, notice uh, that. Well, usually the episodes take place in well-lit buildings or outside, so it just mm-hmm. stands out very well in this one particular circumstance. Hmm. It, it you know, it's it's not a mechanic through the throughout the entire Doug uh, franchise, <laughs> but it's just like in this one scene, I feel like they put a lot of care into making it look like they're you know this we're winding down from the day. All right, Rocket, time to get you know time to get your jammies on. <laughs> Do you think um, that kind of attention to detail? Like, if if it wasn't carried through for the rest of the show, were they trying to say something about how important they thought this scene was, or? I don't think so. I, I think it's really just trying to 
you know, uh, like like I said, I, I think it's really just winding down the show. Hmm. It's giving a visual cue that everything's wrapping up. Hmm. You know, like a good night moon. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, the animation's kind of lazy, I actually found. Yeah. Like, it when it is, it's really obviously lazy. <laughs> um, Like, when Doug is, like, playing an arcade game, like, the screen will just, like, jump from, like, him mashing buttons to his face to, like, score going up and doesn't actually show the game. Oh. Because, <laughs> like, they just didn't bother to put one in. Too much effort. Yeah, make, making, a show, making it so that it, it can relate to any age. Hmm. Side they probably shouldn't have in- probably shouldn't have included the joystick were that the case, but whatever. Any time that you can incorporate your own laziness into saying, "Oh no, it, it's part of the theme," you know, we're making it timeless. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was I was going to go the separate direction. I'm like, that's that's a role model for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's what all my uh, professors told me in physics. Which don't read too much into this, listeners. But uh, all of my physics professors always said like physicists are lazy people like we like to be lazy we like to find out efficient ways efficient ways to do things so that we don't have to do it again i think i might have taken that a little bit too much to heart but it's it's yeah i mean that 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 rings true when i was reading my uh physical chemistry textbook it kept on like almost apologizing (laughs) oh like if we're sorry you have to you know study for this stupid test that no one feels like updating because Look, here's it's like fucked. look, here's the derivation. We move this around, we integrated this. Here's the equation that you need. Just learn <laughs> listen, this. <laughs> listen, we didn't have calculators and we want to make sure that what's his face from the 70s gets his royalty checks. <laughs> just bear with us. Yeah. Uh uh yeah, do you, do you have anything else to say about this? No, it's um, uh, you know, I I'm surprised we had so much to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Do you think that uh, I just wanted to start making a uh, a couple of things that maybe we should do as just kind of like wrap up material? Sure. Which is, um, who's your favorite character? Um, <laughs> probably Skeeter or or the I mayor. I do like the mayor. Bob Bob Bluff Bob Bluffington Bluffing, something like that. Bo- no, Bob White. Yeah, Bob White. Like he's a my name's Bob White. Classic classic uh, politician stereotype. I don't yeah, know. So, right. Something endearing about him. I I feel I see him everywhere. Like not <laughs> like in my dreams. No, like in in a bunch of different continuities. There's kind of always this character, like just to f- fill in the role of scumbag politician. Because, well, you know, in in a rocket power sort of, this is how we see the world way. Like Doug probably sees politicians like Bob White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like TV comes on. Oh, this asshole won't stop talking about votes. <laughs> And economy. Beautify Bluffington. Vote for me. Yeah. What a useless sack of shit. <laughs> I like that. Um, by the way, uh, that Joey Cucamonga thing yeah. was not a catchphrase until Roger got it in like the in in the brand spanking new Doug huh. uh, series. They, it only happened once before that in the, you know, Doug gets a bunch of money episode. He said that as an ex- exclamation. Hmm. Ooh, got sirens going by. Yeah, I can, that's coming in nice and loud. Yep, sorry about that. No, it's for okay. everyone who doesn't know, I uh, just moved to Philadelphia. So, and you moved in yeah. with Fred Newman, who is providing excellent sound effects of sirens. Thanks, Fred. You can take off now. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there, <laughs> mopeding on his night, <laughs> like uh, like at night. It's pretty unsafe. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I think Roger's I, probably my favorite character. Yeah, he's he's pretty fun. <laughs> I like how the bow-legged. Like it's really uh, strange. I like how we enjoy the unrepentant, terrible people of the show. Yeah, like the just real oddball ones, um, the ones that you're not supposed to focus on. I would like. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to to see people's opinions and then say, "Okay, go go rewatch this." Yeah, like uh, <laughs> like a before and after. Yeah, like oh, I love Doug. Doug's great. I have great memories. Oh, I don't. What was even going on? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is wallpaper. This isn't a show. <laughs> um, what what other format do you think this might work in? Just out of curiosity. What the the bland like they, blandness? They, they had they had, well. I just wanted like other wrap up stuff. Like this, I think also got a couple of movies, like TV movies. Oh, did it? I think so, and like a Christmas special or something. Yeah, I I actually when we started this podcast, I thought um, every episode we should do we should look at the Christmas episode because every oh, cartoon has one. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea in general. But every single every goddamn one. one. I'm Even pretty sure uh, Samurai Jack had one. <laughs> I would believe that. I would readily believe that. I love the Adventure Time one. I don't remember really, that one. They bullshit up one. Christmas because the Ice King doesn't understand that they're trying to get him out of the house. <laughs> He's like, take, here, take it. I don't want it. Is this a present? What? No, it's yours. <laughs> we we dug it up and it belongs to you. I can't believe I got a present. <laughs> we should do this every year. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, man. <laughs> I think I think we're done talking. I think so. Yeah. Um. So next time we are going to look at uh, Chalk Zone, yes, which also has a very uh, hand-drawn um, teen fa- uh, adolescent fantasy appeal to it. Yes, um, yeah, and uh, that should be interesting. I don't think I've ever watched it, so I feel like you have. I'm coming into it fresh. As far as I'm concerned, I'm coming into it fresh. Fair enough. Like my memory of it is so scant that I keep on confusing it with Harold and the Purple Crayon. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how much I'm aware of it. Um, yeah, and Harold then, and Kumar and the Purple Crayon. <laughs> that would be amazing, <laughs> dude. What's this thing? Oh, holy shit! <laughs> that was some good dope. Uh, Draw me up some more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want that purple stuff, guys. This is either the best or the stupidest idea we've ever had. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and then after that, um. Mm. We will be watching something that is very far away from probably anything we've done so far, <laughs> which is uh, we're going to be watching Life with Louie. Life with Louie? Yep. I, I don't know what that is. A cartoon based on the life and times of Louie Anderson, specifically oh, his that childhood. Louis. That Yes, that's <laughs> vaguely familiar. I just watched the intro for it again directly oh, before doing this show, and it's it's not good. I have very doesn't vague look... recollections of hearing about this. It doesn't look fun. Do you promise me I'm in for a good time? <laughs> I can promise whatever you want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if Zane, if you don't end up liking that, just remember I'm just a figment of your imagination and I'm just <laughs> here to provide a backdrop. And some wacky sound effects. <laughs> All right. Well, at uh, your behest, I will go uh, burn down a building. <laughs> yeah get on it man we've been doing this for like 12 episodes i've been waiting for you to offer guy guy's gotta really lay it all out there Sorry. specifically it's <laughs> all right all right until next time um Killer tofu.